So let me ask this question. Who listens to the radio anymore? I'm talking about AM, FM radio. And for that matter, who listens to shortwave radio? Some people say nobody listens. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I hope my voice gets me through the entire program. I've been doing a bit of recording this week, a lot of other work. And for some reason, as you can hear a little bit, my voice is just a little bit tired. But we're gonna, we'll are gonna, we do our best to get through. Now, the reason I asked that question at the beginning of the program about who listens to radio, who doesn't, um, is radio dead, dying, is shortwave dead and gone? I've got my reasons to ask. I spend a pretty good amount of time looking at magazines, publications, online, uh, print, all of it. And some of what I read is about the industry, which I've been in for 50 years. As a matter of fact, this month, might even be this very weekend, marks the 50th anniversary of my first paying job at a radio station, a small radio station in upstate New York, 30 miles east of Rochester, WACK, it was top 40 at the time, not a bad job for a guy finishing up his senior year of high school, and I really enjoyed it, had a great time, and radio has been good to me, and my goal when I started in radio, and actually for several years prior to that, probably 68, 69, somewhere in there, I wanted to I wanted to be a top 40 disc jockey in a 50,000-watt radio station in the evening and nighttime hours. Maybe like a WLS Chicago, CKLW, uh, WOWO Radio, WOWO. There, there was a host of those monstrous stations WABC New York who knows and and that was what I aspired to do when I went through high school and I was very fortunate that I actually got a real job in radio as a senior in high school it steered my my life direction for quite a long time but there were many twists and turns in the road to come and I'll elaborate on those in in a little bit today as I reminisce on radio over the past 50 years. Well, a lot of people are saying, you know, radio's dead, it's dying, it's gone, it's over, it's all gone online. And and there's there's some truth in that, but radio is, is far from dead. AM, FM radio is definitely not dead. AM radio shares compared to FM are vastly lower. I understand that. And I know that unlike maybe 80 years ago or 90 years ago, during World War II and before, more people in the United States in particular were vastly more familiar with shortwave radio. In fact... Many radios made in the 1930s and in the 1940s included AM and shortwave. FM didn't really become a staple on radio for a number of years. And gradually, shortwave faded off. Most radios you bought commonly 
in your local radio and TV store, uh, major department store, it was less of an item. But it didn't mean that shortwave had died. Shortwave radio, sure, as a percentage of population, it's a lot lower today than, let's say, 50 years ago. That I understand. But shortwave is unique. And shortwave does things that a lot of other radio cannot. So I I ran across this article. It comes in a publication called Radio World. And and I'm I'm looking at who put the article out. Uh, One is a person that I know, and the other one is is a person that worked uh, for the. He's a guest commentator in this in this column. His name is uh, Keith Perrin. He's been involved with Radio Netherlands, Radio Canada International, and the BBC World Service. Now, I just want to say this, and I'm I don't want to I don't I'm not sounding I don't want to be insulting here. But so many of these people that are extremely down and think there's no value, they work for companies that are heavily now invested in the Internet. There was a time that the BBC, there was a time that Radio Canada International, and there was a time when Radio Netherlands and and Deutsche Welle in Germany, the list goes on and on, had a huge footprint and a major international presence on shortwave radio. But over the years, as you know, there's been a decline in audience, I understand that, with more AM and FM radio stations internationally being built, and the rise of the Internet in much of the Western world. I get it. I understand it. But, but this article and this commentary is... is He's saying shortwave is just a non-starter. Don't waste your time. He takes the attitude, how many people are are listening? Thousands? Well, I, I grant you that it's not the mega millions that it once was. But I also believe something that this individual does not does not really understand. There's beginning to be a pushback. Because of the tech censorship, because of so much of our AM and FM radio in in the United States in particular, and even Canada, is controlled by a small number of corporations. Now, yeah, there's exceptions. You can go to some small town in, in rural South Carolina. You might find a locally owned radio station still standing and trying to survive. And the reason these stations don't survive, if they're an AM daytimer, yeah, I get it. It's not easy. Or the market is too small. There's not enough local retail. And so it can be it can be difficult in those towns. It's not like it was when I started out, where virtually every business, except for a couple, were locally owned and operated. And and having local advertising was was not a very difficult task. But to make the accept, you know, to, to make the statement that like nobody is listening, and it's a false premise. If that's true, then there's a lot of nobodies that are you know sending me emails and and letters to the program Truth to Ponder, and from the correspondence that I get, 
I can assure you that the majority of people that listen to this program, Truth to Ponder, are listening to the program on shortwave more than they are as a podcast. Now, does that mean I abandon the podcast? Of course not. In fact, if anything, to keep this program going, I really believe I need to find more ways and more avenues to to get the word out. This past week, we've done a, a series of programs on a number of topics, things you don't normally find on your regular AM and FM radio stations. And, you know, you, you just don't find them at your regular news sites. So I, I do understand what, what he's saying, that the the numbers are not like it was. Let's remember the, the Cold War that I grew up in. You know, I can remember what it was like as a little kid. The duck and cover drill. When you go to an elementary school, even though this was a a Christian parochial school, but you're only like 35 miles east of Manhattan in Long Island, the idea of the nuclear fallout, if you ever see the flash, it's time to jump under the desk. Because don't you know that magic desk is going to protect you from the nuclear blast in, in Manhattan. But, you know, over time and after the Cuban Missile Crisis simmered down, and I was very young at the time, and I, I just knew that a lot of our neighbors were building fallout shelters in their basement. And my dad chose not to make a big deal of the, quote, fallout shelter in our basement. And I think he was wise to do that, not to panic. Because in the long run, what are you going to do if you're attacked with an atomic bomb in your back door? So, so who's listening to shortwave? And as this individual is writing, you know, he says, is it thousands, much less millions? Are these radios still hidden out there? You know, he's acting like, no, the, my problem with the article is twofold. Number one, he acts like nobody makes these radios anymore. There's nothing farther from the truth. His whole attitude in the article, and this is a guy that worked for the BBC, worked for Radio Netherlands and Radio Canada International. Like I say, all three of those groups have become so, just like the uh, like Voice of America, they became so internet-centric, they began to shut down their facilities. Now, sure, shutting down a shortwave facility saves a lot of money, and this way, and I'm just going to speak for some of these government organizations. They want to have their pay raises. They don't want to see anybody lose their job. And so moving to the Internet saves a lot of money compared to operating a 100,000 watt or a 500,000 watt or, for that matter, even a 50,000 watt transmitter and, 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 and this big antenna farm. I understand that. And so they can give the illusion that they're reaching the world and everybody's coming to us because we are on the Internet. And I'm sure many people do. But to discount shortwave radio and its future, I think, is being short-sighted. Once again, if you're a podcast listener and all this is sounding new, and I'll explain why it's going to be important in the future. 
Shortwave is not dead, though it may have a smaller audience. But that smaller audience is, generally speaking, I'll be quite blunt, smarter, more self-reliant, and seeking news, information, and the truth. And I know that even on shortwave, you got to weed through a whole lot of stuff to dig down to that truth. But there is more truth available and easier to find on on shortwave than it is to find on domestic AM, FM, and, and other and other sources. Look, the article says, and I agree, shortwave used to be a very key tool to get news and information to areas where television and radio were highly censored. All the way to the fall of the Soviet Union, that was one of the lifelines. You know, radio-free Europe, high-powered AM stations sitting in West Germany reaching into East Germany, shortwave reaching into Russia, into China, into Czechoslovakia, into Poland, all over, even North Korea. But the implication that the this commenter, commentator is giving, and, and I have to disagree, these shortwave radios are not all, you know, 80 years old, 50 years old, you know, up in an attic, rotting away. There are companies that still make these things. And I, I get email all the time. I had a, a very unique email about a year ago. We were probably in, you know, we were in our seventh or eighth month of doing Truth to Ponder. We got an email from a listener. A listener who had never heard about shortwave radio. In other words, you know, she's younger than I am by far. Um, I would guess from the things she was saying, uh, I'm more than old enough to be her dad, let alone, you know, maybe even her grandfather for all I know. But... Her, her, her dad was not like a ham radio operator, so she had no she had no connection. She's a non-technical person. But she's also a very true believer in Jesus Christ. And she talks about, in this email to me, she wrote me this wonderful letter. Sent it as an email. By the way, you can send me an email, too, a truth. My, my email address is bob at truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com. So bob at truth2ponder.com. And she sent an email. And she goes, dear Bob, and, you know, I'm trying to remember it. I, I, I've read it a number of times. She goes, I never heard about shortwave radio until recently. And she talked about waking up in the middle of the night, having a strange dream where the word and term shortwave radio kept coming up and up and up, and she didn't know what it meant. She woke up, and she remembered that, wrote it down, wrote it down. And when she got the sleep out of her eyes, she grabbed her her smartphone and typed in shortwave, and she discovered that there's a medium called shortwave, and it is radio. And she kept poking around, you know, looking to see what shortwave was. And, and among all the offerings was, a, was an advertisement on how to buy a shortwave radio. And so she found this really nice, not very expensive radio, AM, 
It had AM on it. It had FM on it. It had shortwave on it. And even the, you know, the, the weather uh, stations, no, you know, radio weather is available too. And it wasn't very expensive, so she bought it. Not knowing what it was all about, but she figured, hey, you know, I, I go to the park and I would love to have a nicer radio that's smaller. And this was a bit smaller and nice and had, had an earphone, a headphone plug. It would even accommodate stereo headphones. And so she thought, why, why not? So she bought it. And she started playing around with it one evening. And she discovered this program you're listening to right now, Truth to Ponder. And she was hearing it on WRMI. And if, if memory serves me, it was on the frequency 5950 kilohertz at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And she listened and listened. And then she caught the address, how to get a hold of me. Uh, also discovered the web page. And when she wrote, she said, I, I started listening to you on shortwave. I'm, I'm new to this. I know nothing about shortwave. This is, this is new territory. And she said, it's also nice that I can, I can now get you as a podcast at a different time of the day if needed. And so she listens as a podcast and from time to time on shortwave. Now, see, my issue and this is why I'm talking to you. You that are listening on shortwave already understand everything I'm telling you. Is the is the audience as big as it once was 50 years ago? No, I'm sure it's smaller. Does it mean it's dead and gone and not worth pursuing? Absolutely not. There's right disagree. And and they were in this article referring, this guy's article was referring to WRMI which, by the way, is, you know, there, there are private third parties that are leasing airtime because of the situation in Ukraine. Because a lot of the normal outlets, well, the BBC did fire up some of what they still had. And so I agree, shortwave used to be the main key. And, and while it's still not as strong, while it's still not as strong, um, in terms of numbers, I, th- I think it still has an impact. Now, in this article, and once again, one of the people that wrote the article, his name is Dan Robertson or Daniel Robinson. He, he, I know the guy. We've talked. I've actually had him as a guest on this radio program. And, but, but I think they make, I think some of this makes a wrong assumption. They, they write, today, shortwave hobbyists assert that there's great value in beaming shortwave to Russia, where the Putin crackdown closed independent media and pushed Western reporters out. And as we've warned you on this program for ages, for ages, the Internet has got a kill switch pretty much anywhere that governments want to kill it. Do you think that the Internet is wide open in North Korea, in much of China, in, uh, in right now in Russia? in parts of the Middle East. Do you think it's wide open? And here's here's where I think this guy makes a huge mistake. And this is where I I believe there there needs to be a a, a correction. 
And, and here's what he writes. I'm going to quote it. Today, shortwave hobbyists assert there's a great value in beaming shortwave to Russia where Putin's crackdown has closed independent media and pushed Western reporters out. But this is like claiming there is a VHS tape revival because there's a few VCRs still floating around. At one time, there may have been millions of those VCRs, but now there's much less. Well, you're right. Where do you buy a VCR today? But you can buy a shortwave radio brand new from many major manufacturers. It's not like the technology died. I went to a website before I started the radio program, and I'm finding 40 or 50 different radios brand new for sale, still being manufactured. 2022 model. So to act like this is VHS is not is not really a fair comparison. But then again, when you your background is working for an agency of the government that believes the internet is the only thing out there. The only thing out there. Radio is dead. Why care about radio? Everything is a smartphone. Everything is a tablet, maybe a a laptop or even an occasional desktop. So I I have to disagree that there's no value in shortwave. For the past 19 months, this radio program has been a paying customer to be on shortwave. Let me say that again. This radio program is a paying customer to be on shortwave. Now, am I making, oh, mega thousands of dollars and getting wealthy and, you know, enjoying the the good life? Of course not. But the point is, and even if you're listening as a podcast, those that need to hear the program and the way they hear it are the ones that I really believe God is called to listen to Truth to Ponder. It would be wonderful if I had an audience the size of the late, great Rush Limbaugh or a Sean Hannity or, or whoever, Mark Levine, yeah, it would be wonderful to have an audience that size. But once you get an audience that size, you're owned and controlled by a corporation and the sponsors and all that goes with it. I don't have that particular burden upon me when I do this radio program. I don't have to compromise My faith, what I believe, right versus wrong. One of the beauties of being a small voice in a large world is I'm I'm reaching a number of people that are like little lights, little candlesticks, so to speak, in their community. You may be one of those kind of listeners right now. You have a circle of friends, and they don't listen to shortwave, but they have learned from you a lot, and you learn a lot from shortwave or maybe a podcast that you found. I don't need to reach 300 million people in the United States. I don't even need need to reach 30 million or 3 million or even 300,000. If I reach the ones that God wants me to reach— then this program is absolutely, absolutely a success.
for groups like the BBC, you know, it's all about the money and, you know, keeping their, their fees down because a lot of, you know, in, in Europe, it's a different world than the United States. The article calls what the BBC is doing just a PR stunt, but I disagree. You know, you look at the the budgets of some of these government operations, and I want you to I'm I'm thinking about the impact of some of the shortwave radio stations that I've been associated with, small ones, and a, and a few bigger ones. I mean, WRMI, as being a privately owned station, is not that small. Let me tell you, there's a number of transmitters and a number of antenna systems that reach all parts of the globe. Now, when you look at the Voice of America, and they they have a transmitter site still operational, not as big as it was, in Greenville, North Carolina, and I think they have some stuff still in Europe, and I don't know what else. But their budget, their budget, listen to me carefully, their budget, it's the U.S. Agency for Global Media, which is the voice of America. Their budget is over $800 million. $800 million. It doesn't take $800 million to run a few shortwave stations. I mean, I... They're they're investing it in a tremendous amount of people, and I, I'm sorry to say that in the case of the VOA, a very politically biased organization that speaks for one political party, not for the overall United States of America. In that, they're bankrupt. Sorry, but they are. I'm glad that shortwave is still there. And it doesn't bother me so much, you know, that they that that the governmental agencies are getting out of shortwave. It doesn't bother me all that much. The article does mention this, and it's correct. And I and I want you to think about this. The U.S. Agency for Global Media, which runs the Voice of America, uses a range, and this is what the article says, of statistical tricks to falsely inflate audience numbers. All the better to get Congress to throw more money at them. The agency asserted year-to-year increases of 50 million and 60 million in 2016 and 17. And nobody in Congress ever raised a question. Of course, that's all internet all the time. People just want to get their news from the Voice of America on the smartphone. Listen, most people do not care what governments have to say anymore. Let me say that again. Most people, especially people that listen to this radio program, frankly do not care what governments have to say anymore. Too many governments have been dishonest, have withheld information, have out and out lied. They have been manipulating people. And so... Yeah, 
shortwave radio is going to be around a while. Sure, there are hobbyists and there are ham radio operators and others that get it, know how to use it, and will use it. People that are preparing for the difficult times I believe that our world is heading to will have certain types of, you know, uh, GSMR radios. They're going to have sure they're going to have ham radios. They're going to have that AM/FM with shortwave radio in their emergency kits. It's just the way it's going to be. Not everybody is going to be prepared. The Bible talks about the the wise and foolish versions. They knew that some at some point the bridegroom is coming, and five went out there unprepared. Five took extra oil to be prepared. And when the five foolish ones were running out of oil, they had to run back to the store. And during that time, the bridegroom came. You know, I understand it. Data plans are getting bigger on phones, but there are places in this country and in Florida and in Georgia and in North Carolina, South Carolina, there are places in every state where the interset service is terrible and phone service is horrible. This assumption that every human being has got broadband is a pipe dream. I know people that live in in communities where they're going to have to rely on Starlink, and it's not cheap compared to other internet. They're having to rely on Usenet satellite, which is downright expensive and has data caps. So this assumption that the globe has got... A friend of mine who listens to this program on Voice of Hope out of Zambia in the eastern part of Africa was talking about some of the countries that this program is reaching today on Voice of Hope in Africa. There are people that buy these uh, smartphones, but they have such limited service, they only get to use them occasionally at an internet cafe. Otherwise, they're nothing more than a a low-grade telephone if they have service at all. This is where you you need to discern some truth. The article finishes with these words. To say, it might be hurtful to say, calling for a shortwave revival is wishful thinking in 2022. Ukrainians and Russians need 21st century solutions, not a legacy technology, primarily being kept alive by hobbyists. Well, I think it's the hobbyists that need to explain to their friends that don't know the importance. And bear in mind that it must be important for somebody like that young gal to reach out to me to say that she just woke up in a dream hearing the word shortwave. I think it has a value far greater than you could ever imagine. A couple of things to update you on before we go to our break. Uh, The transmitter project is going to be going into high gear, hopefully the last stretch over the next mm, seven to ten days. And and I'm excited that this is about to to finish up. I really am. The Lord is just speaking to me about this program and where some are calling it a fool's errand to increase shortwave. I'm beginning to think maybe, maybe it's time to take advantage of it and use it more. Of course, the podcast will be there. I'm not going to just throw everything in one one basket, which is exactly what the Voice of America is doing. They're trying to throw it all into the internet basket. 
which means all their great programming for Russia is being blocked. So who cares? I still believe in shortwave radio. And and I, I'm not I'm not just some old fuddy-dud, an old hobbyist. I just have learned firsthand the stories over the years and to this day. Sure, it's not the mega millions, but those people that are listening, they're going to be a resource in their community in the not-too-distant future. So keep me in your prayers. If you go to our website, truth2ponder.com, and I may try over the weekend or first part of the week to add a couple of other links. Right now, you can go to the How to Listen page, and you'll see on on that page where you hear the program as a podcast, but there's one that says Substack, second one down after Podpoint. And you go, you see Substack. There you can actually hear the podcast, but you can also now subscribe to my I'll call it a newsletter or my musings, whatever you want to call it. And I'll begin to, this coming week, spend more time writing some articles. So check back from time to time. I'm not putting a paywall on it. I could, but I just don't feel led to do so. But I think it's just another way to get the word out. Then I have some questions to ask, and I'll be writing an article, and I'll be sharing on a radio program next week. I may even mention some of this after the break. Real quick, though. If you can help us financially to stay on the radio, would you consider sending us a small gift? Make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248 number 3248 the city is Crestview Crestview, Florida 32536 that's Crestview, Florida and the zip code is 32536 you can find that address and other ways to help at our website truth2ponder.com hey, we're running late for this break we will be right back this is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman, the Zacchaeus shortcoming. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now Zacchaeus was a wealthy man, but he had a problem. He was short. And because he was short, he couldn't see Messiah in the crowds when the Lord passed by through Jericho. He could have just ended up never seeing the Lord, but instead he had an idea. He ran ahead, climbed up a tree, and laid eyes on the Lord. Zacchaeus didn't let his shortness or his other shortcomings, his guilt and his sins, discourage him and keep him from seeing the Lord or inviting him over to his house. And you can't either. See, too many of us let our shortcomings block the eyes of our heart from seeing God. The reason why we don't see the Lord as we should is usually we're too busy looking at ourselves, not just in pride, but also in self-contempt. And self-contempt is no holier than pride. Both share the same characteristic, focusing on yourself instead of God. See, sin is real and you have to confess it, but God's love and mercy in Messiah is bigger and deeper and greater than your sin. So stop letting your shortness keep you from God's greatness or your sinfulness keep you from God's mercy. Forget about how big and important you think you are. You're not. I'm not. Forget about how weak and unfaithful and rotten you've been. Forget about yourself. 
It's not about yourself. You're not even about yourself. <laughs> You're about him. It's about him. Climb the sycamore tree today, my friend. Leave yourself at the bottom and rejoice with Messiah on the top. Want more? Ask for the Zacchaeus principle. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God? A six-month supply for free, and you can. And Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for a victorious walk with God. And updates on Israel, prophecy, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. It's awesome, and it's all free. How do you get this free, these gifts? Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, which is Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. You'll be blessed. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be blessed, but call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio, from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. And that's for the Great Commission and you. It's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at box 1111 in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. And the zip is 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's box 1111. It's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Shalom Aleichem. Get over yourself, my friend. In Messiah, Yeshua Tenu. Your salvation. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, listening to Jonathan Kahn reminded me of a song from my young Sunday school days. Okay, and now welcome back to part two of our weekend edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. When I heard that story shared by, by Jonathan Kahn, my mind went right back to that Sunday school song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. And I would say it is probably about 62 years ago when I first remember singing that song as a little child maybe even before then I don't know but I, I just could not resist playing playing it for you it only lasted about a minute but I think for some of you out there that may be a it may have triggered a fond memory or two one of the reasons we do this program and and I just feel like talking to you today is something I need to do rather than beat you up with some some news headlines. I've got a few things I will share before the program is over. But let's recognize something, and I don't want to depress you in saying this, but the world we knew is never coming back. I have people all the time, and I can remember when I, two years ago, working in emergency management, came out of retirement. Most of you know the story. I'm not going to repeat it today. 
But I, I came to work for a large county for several months during the early days of the pandemic before any of us really knew what was going on. I mean, we're just responding. And all I will say is the more I got into it, the more I realized something was not right. And that was actually the birth of this radio program, recognizing that the narrative we were being asked to push out was not always correct. And it troubled me. It truly did. A lot of people have made claims about the pandemic that are totally without merit and untrue. But there are a lot of things out there that are absolutely true, that are horrifying, scary, and, and, and it makes you begin to be very distrustful of a lot of powerful figures and authority people and, and figures. Look at the United States. Look at the, look at the states that locked down unscientifically. They, lockdowns didn't do anything. They made things worse. They used the pandemic, I believe, and I, I will stand by this, and all the evidence coming out in news stories are backing it up even stronger every day that the pandemic was used as a shield to cover up um, an increase in election fraud, particularly in several swing states. We'll talk about that more uh, in a week or so. I've got some stories that I'm following and developing. These vaccines were sold to us as it's going to be the cure-all. And when I started researching them, I, I started getting a little bit of this loud voice saying, no. I just realized there's something that's not right. And, and I try to explain this to people. They always talk about these great master plans and, and everybody, and there's a lot of truth within what they're saying. Uh, but some of the stuff that people put out there is total nonsense, unscientific. It's ridiculous. It doesn't even war merit a 1952 grade B black and white horror flick. What I try to remind people is there's enough real stuff to worry about out there. You don't need to make anything up to act like you know something that somebody else doesn't. And I run into a lot of well-meaning people that have some really strange things that they're pushing out. And when you try to ask them their sources or how are you sure about this, they hem and haw a bit. Well, I read it at this website or so-and-so who said a lot of really great things in recent years said it. Well, that doesn't mean that it's true just because somebody that you know that has been right before there are times we can get things wrong. That's one of the reasons that I I don't pursue every story that somebody suggests that I do because I recognize, number one, if I can't fully vet it out and be certain, if I don't have people that I know personally that I trust or from my own experience in the things that I've done in my life, I'm cautious. As I said, there's enough real things to worry about out there. Really, real things to worry about. One thing, this may, help, this may help you a little bit. When you think about globalists and their goals, they're really not unified. 
but Bob, I thought they were. No, they, they're unified to the point. And it dawned on me the other day, my wife and I were talking, and I was just trying to get a handle on this. And I'm kind of praying, and I'm doing my reading, and I'm saying, Lord, what am I missing in all this? Then I thought about things that I've shared before in this radio program and others have explained to me over the years. Let's first look at conservatives and Christians or conservative Christians, you know, those two or those two groups. We tend to want to have action now. We want everything fixed today. We don't have patience. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he asked his disciples, you mean not one of you could stand one hour to watch and pray? Not one of you? You know, lack of patience, they were too tired. And they slept, and they, they, they faded away into the shadows. Christians, they want, they want to plant a church, but they want their building next week, and they want to have a congregation full. We want to fix everything in our country overnight. This idea, yeah, 2022, man, we're going to clean house in the House and Senate. Don't count on it. I told you when this program started 18 months ago, I told you in in September and October, do not count on winning. I felt it coming. Couldn't put my finger on it. Ended up I was right. Whole lot of cheating going on to be quite blunt. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And now that all this time has passed, nothing will happen about it. And if it does, it'll be several years down the road, way too late. I I remember people saying, oh, this prophet of God says that Trump will be restored to office in no time. It'll happen this spring. Spring of 2021. Well, here we are in the spring of 2022. It ain't happening. We may see Biden never fulfill his first term, but it won't be to bring Trump back. I I watched a whole ministry collapse over that fraud and and trying to perpetuate something that wasn't there. And and then I think of other so-called prophets and prophetesses that I've heard on radio or on the Internet. Uh, their claims have been wrong over and over again, and people keep flocking back for more of the same distorted nonsense. There are some radio programs that I was researching to even have somebody as a guest. When I went back in their archive, they're saying stuff that didn't happen. Not true. But do they ever correct the record? No, they just keep plowing forward. I'm not going to do that. There's enough, there's enough evil today, things to deal with right in front of us that we can deal with. We don't need to make stuff up. God is still in control. He can still guide you and me in all the things that we need to be doing. We've got to get rid of this idea of the quick fix, and we need it now. We need to learn patience. Sometimes it takes years to plan and build a church. Sometimes, you know, you don't build magnificent things in an instant. But see, we want it now. We're not patient anymore. But see, Satan looks at things differently. The enemy of your soul, the spirit of Antichrist, knows it can take 
years, decades, centuries to accomplish their task. And so they focus on that one individual. They give them their particular part of the equation and they fulfill it. And they're willing to realize that their work may not be done in their lifetime. That's the kind of an enemy that we face. And too many people are just not willing to accept the fact that those that are trying to destroy this nation, to stamp out Christianity, morality, you know, these people have been, they didn't, nobody walked into Disney last week to change them to some woke status of trying to push transgenderism and gay kisses and everything else. It didn't happen last week. It has been a process that has been ongoing for 35 or more years. 1972 was a bellwether year at CBS television. They went from being the Tiffany G-rated network to bringing you all in the family, and everything changed on a dime. And all the other networks followed suit. I remember that song from years ago in my early disc jockey days when I was actually working at a country radio station, WLDT in Toccoa, Georgia, AM 1420, newlywed, doing the mornings. And a popular song then was by the Statler Brothers. Whatever happened to Randolph Scott? You know, Walt Disney's dead and the screen is filled with sex. I mean, this, this is, you know, it started... In the 60s, but, you know, who would really go to an X-rated movie? There were not that many out there. And people that did were kind of doing it in the shadows. But over time, we have mainstreamed immorality where it's acceptable on television. It's acceptable in music. It's acceptable in our public conversation. How many how many times have you been in a public place like a restaurant and you hear some loudmouth dropping F-bombs? So in the grocery store two days ago. And these two older retired gentlemen, the language coming out of their mouth in a Winn-Dixie store was shocking. We, we've lost all filtering. And it's only going to get worse. We're not fixing anything at the ballot box. I've been voting for 50 years. It's not been fixed yet. It will not be fixed. We are headed for a point of destiny as the Bible has promised. And that's not going to change. And don't be terrified. That's actually good news. If you are in Christ, these things should be giving you joy that you're closer to your home going. You know, this world is not my home. I remember those songs. I I just don't understand the mentality of trying to preserve everything in this in this life. It's not worth preserving at times. The things we do for Christ are the, thing, the things that should matter and the things that should have meaning for you. I do this radio program, not that I'm going to get rich. I never will. I don't, I, I'm, that's not what I do it for. The money we raise here, as I've told you a thousand times, is to, to increase the program's outreach and buy airtime. And I'll do everything I can in my power to help this program to continue to see it grow. The enemy is patient. 
And it's taken him a half century, a century. It's taken him 20 centuries to get us to the point we are today. Are you prepared and are you ready? I talked about shortwave radio at the beginning of the program today. If you're a podcast listener, you need to look up the word shortwave radio. If, if you need to get it from Amazon, I'm not going to tell anybody. You can find them there cheap. Get one. Be prepared. The day's coming. Coming sooner than you think. The church is never coming back the way it was. The life we knew before the pandemic will never truly come back. The enemy takes two steps forward and willingly gives one step back to make you think you want something. But you're still lost. Over 50 years, they've taken 200 steps and maybe only taken 50 of them or 100 of them back. We're still farther down the path of evil than we ever have been in our entire human existence. But here is the good news. God is still in control. No matter what things we face in this life, God is still in control. That hymn says it best, one of my favorite hymns, our God, our help, in ages past, our hope for years to come. Oh God, our help, in ages past, our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal hope. Under the shadow of thy throne, still may we dwell secure. Sufficient is thine own. In order stood, or earth received her frame. From everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. A thousand ages in thy sight. Are like an evening gone Short as the watch that ends the night Before the rising sun Oh God, our help in ages past Our hope for years to be thou our guide while life shall last and our eternal home. Honestly, I don't think it's a coincidence that the phrase fear not appears 365 times in the scripture. Yet many people that call themselves Christians are some of the most fearful people in the world. They 
search the internet. They listen for radio programs to feed their fear. It's like they want to be terrified. What is the next boogeyman to come out of something or other? Look, we know there's evil in government. There's evil in this world. There always has been. The spirit of Antichrist is already here. The whole concept of evil has been with us all along the way. What is different today is we're really beginning to see it for what it is. The same kind of perverted people that are running, let's say, Disney World have been with us for a long time. They just feel they can be out in the open. The elections will solve nothing. Maybe just delay things for a very short season. If you are are looking to fix everything in this world and not have to worry about it and go back to your church as it was, don't even count on it one bit. I'll give you the news and information you need on this program. I, I have no qualm about that. That's part of why we do Truth to Ponder. But I'm not going to leave you in fear. Jesus says, fear not, for I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth or end of the age. And so many Christians are trying to fix it and do it on their own. They, they wait for the church to be built for them. They don't want to give of themselves into the work or the effort. There lies the problem. We'll probably address that topic in the days and weeks ahead. I think there are a lot of topics. You know, it's easy to find the boogeyman out there and say, oh, look over here. We know the World Economic Forum is a, is, is a satanically inspired institution of no value for the kingdom of God and is an enemy of the cross of Christ. Their top advisor. They want to be the new gods, as as he said. We will become gods when we get rid of God. That's pretty much what he said, and he's got the ear of, of politicians that they have trained firsthand. What we need to do is learn how to work together in community. Now, if you've never visited the website, now's a good time to do it. It's truth, the number two, ponder.com, truth the number two ponder.com you can hear this program find out ways to support the program find out who i am it's all there and even links to substack where i'm going to begin writing some stuff starting this coming week if you believe in our shortwave ministry which i really do because i see the fruits of the effort would you consider writing a check payable to ancient word radio mailing address is 5753 highway 85 north number 3248 5753 Highway 85 North number 3248 the city is Crestview one word Crestview Florida zip code 32536 that's 32536 this has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman to find out more visit our website truth the number two and the word ponder.com that's truth the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.